Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Hello and welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Colmi Slusher. I am the editor of the GRC Institute. And today, after I think a good couple of weeks, we have Managing Director Naomi Burley back on the podcast, talking about GRC stuff. Um, (laughs) Stuff's a very good, (laughs) very good heading for it. I mean, especially, uh, you know, where we are at the end of end of August in a very long lockdown period. Yes, time is seems to be really flexible and strange. It's like we're all in a TARDIS, you know, the time is um, relative and <laughs> twisty. You don't know what time of day it is, what day it is, what year it is. I mark the days by the uh, penalties and um, regulatory expectations at the point <laughs> <laughs> right now. Uh, so today we are going to be having a bit of a chat about, I guess, three main things, um, a working group, um, the CCP fellow and a survey that GRCI will be sending out to you great listeners. Yes. So let's get started on the working group. Well, what is that and what is that about? Let's do that. Um, so look, I'll preface this by saying that we we have a really, really active board um, this time around who have... Uh, taken it upon themselves to say, like, the strategic thing that they'd like to um, achieve is to build up um, a library of best practice resources and where they'd like GRCI to go is to be making position statements about, um, about you know, what is best practice. Uh, you know, they feel that as professionals, um, our members have acquired enough experience to be able to say, actually, we're the experts, um, step away, and we'll tell you how we think it should be done. And uh, and so some of this stuff is, is coming out of that, that um, there's been a sort of a, a big mix of theory across risk and governance and, you know, and sort of that ebb and flow of that. And one of those things that, that has been there is, is the three lines of defence model that's been um, pushed by a lot of regulators as well or encouraged. Um, and a lot of organisations claim to have adopted this model and been quite faithful to it. Um, and we wanted to sort of step back and look at that because as you and I have discussed before, and I've probably mentioned on another podcast, what we hear from members and the students going through the course is that there's still confusion about um, what it should be, what it should look like, how it should feel and operate. And um, and that it's it's uh, employed in such a variety of ways that it's not it's not this pure theoretical model. Um, and the things that we've observed about it is that uh, people's organisations seem to be really wedded to it as a hierarchical structure or think it's going to achieve something that it's not actually designed to achieve. So I think some organisations have been thinking that it's deployed as a risk management methodology so that you've got three lines to catch a risk um, essentially and do something about it. And that's that's not what it's designed to do. The, the name itself is very, very misleading. So... Um, Annette Donsler, as we know, have published a couple of papers with us on this topic and uh, we wanted to revisit it and come up with um, some clarification that we thought was, was necessary to it, especially as it's, it's uh, the model that's adopted by the international standards as well. But 
um, to their credit, it's adopted in such a way that it's meant to achieve the, the original purpose, which was around independence and accountability and having the right people doing what they're supposed to be doing in the organisation, as opposed to everything being lumped with risk or compliance or, or whoever to do it. So <clears throat> we've gone out and invited our CCP and higher alumni to participate in a couple of working groups. The first working group has met and that was a really really productive meeting, um, identifying the pain points and where people have observed it going awry in organisations and how that has had a roll-on effect for the perception of the value of compliance in organisations. Um, you know, running from uh, if the second line, second line, how far back from the first line should it be? You know, there's there are different iterations of uh, independence being observed in a lot of organisations to the point where some first-line people claim to have never met someone in second line. Um, so we wanted to... We, we took all that feedback and Annette has put that all together and where we'd like to take this is to actually get back to the essence of what was the purpose of the model? What's it? What's the obje end objective for the organisation? And we think the essence is... Again, that accountability and role clarity. So being really clear who does what and then that role clarity then assures your independence. So they don't have to have physical distance um, and, they, and they very much shouldn't have compliance and, and second line shouldn't have physical distance from first line. Um, they may need to be there every day supporting them depending on how experienced your first line are and how... Um, how enabled they are to actually undertake their role and, and do the, the compliance and risk, um, undertake their compliance and risk responsibilities in first line. So we wanted to get back to the essence of the purpose of that and then um, and the way that Annette has expressed it, it is in a series of metrics so that you could look at those and you could tell whether it's achieving its objective. So what we will ultimately probably come back with is a renamed model. We're going to drop the three, the lines and the defence out of it and have it be an independence and accountability model. Um, but that's now gone back out to that alumni group for their uh, detailed editorial comments and we'll be having another workshop on it at the end of September with that group and thereafter be bringing that to the conference with a, a, with a hopefully a final published paper at that point um, as well. So really exciting times for that because... It's a well overdue um, a revisit and and a clean up, <laughs> um, and we hope that the metrics will give um, our members the way forward without sort of having to approach it at their organisations as a complete revamp or you know a restructure of anything. You won't be restructuring anything in particular. You will just be um, ensuring that you get clarity and create those metrics and use them. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun because obviously last year, it was a year before, we did have Annette Dunstler do a podcast with me on Rural Clarity. So I'll stick that in the podcast notes of this podcast for anybody who wants to follow up on that discussion. Yes, yes, because that's where we started off again, yeah. revisiting it. And, uh, and the, the working group at the first meeting, it, it was so good because they gave, it a, gave us a really clear picture of where, why it's it's not working in some organisations, why it's not um, providing the benefits that it should, in theory, be providing. So it was really great to, to have those and, and thank you everyone who generously contributed to that and were really, really honest in that group about what's going on. Excellent. So the next exciting topic, CCP Fellow. 
What is this? Um, um, why well, is it important? Look, look. CCP Fellow is is the next level of designation for our really experienced members, and obviously everyone knows about our two core courses and how they help you develop your professional skills. But obviously, when you get to a certain level, there's very little that uh, that we can teach you um, that will enhance your practice, and it's and it's often in other areas like leadership or someone might go on and do a specialised area of legal studies or some other kind of study um, when they get to a really senior uh, compliance leadership level in their organisation. But we also think, you know, and the way the CCP fellow was always constructed was we acknowledge that You've got, the, you've got the core skills you need and then you've acquired all of this wisdom, we'd really like it to come back into the organisation. And so that structure has always been there for CCP fellows to sort of give back in that thought leadership area. But um, we've, we've sort of haven't had the capacity to really promote it or support it and um, there are some members who might want to make that jump but aren't quite sure where they should focus their efforts and, and how they should do that. Um, and so what we want to do is sort of reach out to our CCP alumni again now that they've, you know, some of them have participated in this work um, and, and say to them, let's treat it like a research piece. You know, you're not on your own. We'll give you some supervisors to help you with this process. And we've got a couple of really interesting topics that we'd like um, some volunteers to take on board and be supported in um, undertaking. And so that's, um, that's where we'll be going with the CCP Fellow. So stay tuned if you're an alumni, anyone who's done the graduate certificate um, and maintained their membership and their professional development, we'll be reaching out to you to suggest that you give this consideration. It's nothing you need to rush through. It's something that you can run at your own pace. Um, there'll be no deadlines for you, but you'll be supported by your fellow professionals in um, in undertaking any kind of research or thought leadership activities you'd like to do. And we've got quite a few coming out of, um, you know, all the work that the board's currently undertaking to try and develop some best practice guides and some, and some thought leadership. So there'll be plenty of topics we'll be suggesting for you if you can't think of any of your own. Excellent. And uh, last but not least, um, we're going to be reaching out to members. Uh, so there'll be a survey um, coming out soon. What what is, yes. What questions are we asking? What's yes. So this is this is one again being driven by um, the GRCI directors around where to prioritise our resources because we obviously don't have lots and lots of resources at GRCI, but where to prioritise our efforts to meet the needs of members for professional support. And so we have we have sent out that survey and we've had about 100 responses um, to date. We'd like a few more, but it's a really interesting, um, interesting first cut when you have a little look at what people are asking for. We put up our suggestion list. Um, you know, I threw in what we've all heard in the office from members and, um, and directors put in what they thought people were after as well and we've had some really interesting rating scales on those podcasts come up really highly so that's very encouraging uh, because they do take a bit of time to do and and a lot of chasing for you to get other people other than myself to talk at them um, but uh, 
But, you know, one of the pieces that um, I know I've been asked for heaps were, is, a, is a paper on um, compliance structures and options and reporting lines and how they best work in practice because we all know that it's one of the most restructured areas of a business is compliance is reporting into legal. No, it's reporting into risk. And now it's not going to report into risk. It's going to report somewhere else. And, and, um, and the amount of times that deck has been shuffled for some organisations is pretty phenomenal. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a convincing argument that, that anyone has obtained any benefit out of those restructures and reporting lines. Um, so this is, this will be an interesting piece of research and might be something that some of our CCP fellow future candidates want to undertake and assist with to look at what literature is out there already and, um, and then survey our, particularly our corporate members, uh, and see what structures they've worked in and what they think the pros and cons are of them and how they mitigate the risks around these, because all of them have a risk when you've got compliance um, any distance from uh, people who can make decisions and understand what's being asked of them to make compliance decisions um, and sometimes make some really tough calls like uh, discontinuing a product and, um, uh, you know, undertaking proactive remediation activities with customers. And so there's some really tough calls that have to be quite often made but the information doesn't make it to the people who need to make those decisions quickly enough. And so by the time the regulator steps in and says, you need to fix this, you've now got a volume of customers who are affected um, that didn't need to be affected if the decision had been made earlier. So, you know, I won't, I won't go down that trail too much, but that's that's definitely a piece of work that's coming up in the survey that, that people are interested in. And that's something that we're definitely progressing as well. And hopefully we'll have a panel speaking at the conference on um, the interim results of that and where we might take that position paper. Um, because it, it still does have to be uh, fit for purpose and suit the size of your organisation. So you may be constrained in the way you can structure your reporting lines, um, but being aware of the pros and cons and how to mitigate those risks and what you might need to do or the way you might need to adjust your reporting um, format and content might help members overcome some of the weaknesses in some of the reporting line structures that we're observing are happening in industry. Um, so yeah, that's the one I'm most excited about, but there's lots of other things that I think will come out from the survey, um, especially in podcast land for members. So, so stay tuned for the results. We'll be sending those back out to members, but that will also, um, you should start seeing the results of that coming back to you as soon as we can. Thank you so much for your time, Naomi. Thanks everyone. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute. And the music was produced by Rob Neary.